The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship. I'm thankful that you have tuned in and I'm thankful to be joined by Dave Owen again. Dave, welcome. Hey. Andy, great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thankful for you, brother. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, in your kind of self-deprecating way, you talk about yourself, your where you're from, as if you, you know, like couldn't read or anything like that. But you went to college, you went to seminary. Tell us a little bit. Where'd you go to school? Yeah, I went to Avery University. Why'd you go there? Business, play a little golf and, and, a uh, little, and basketball. A little basketball, two-sport athlete. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And then I studied business and I then went to Southeastern. Yeah, uh, did a MDiv there. So, so Dave can read, read well. He's, <laughs> yes, a, he's he a studied man, but but mostly he he loves, knows, and loves the gospel, uh, mastered by that that truth. So uh, today we're talking about chapter twelve, which is titled "Control." And I'll just go ahead and say up front, uh, the chapter is really not about control. It's about how control is important but not sufficient. Right. So Dave, what's he talking about when he says control? Yeah, you know, Andy, I think the um, the opening part of the the chapter, he gives all of these uh, pretty. When you start reading, we're like, oh, that's that's good. But uh, I think what he's trying to expose for parents is uh, that we probably buy into uh, a controlled mindset that we can actually control our children mm-hmm. to the point of of shaping them to become a Christian, uh, almost controlling the environment, controlling their hearts, controlling their actions, rewarding their actions in such a way that would produce sort of this righteous child. So I think that's what he's trying to get at. And he's going to obviously unpack that that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work, right. And so he's careful to, to not say, hey, we don't try to control anything, right? I mean, he's talking about a loving and humble and wise exercise of authority, right? There are, we need to control influences. There are, you know, there's legitimate ways we should seek to control. And right. part of it is connected to what he calls foundational needs that all, you know, human beings have. It's on page one, where's it at? 66, 67, yep. 68. Dave, what are these foundational needs he you mentioned, yeah. So, so he he lays them out, and, and the and what I like about it, Andy, is he does. He not only kind of gives the word, but he also gives passages uh, to to back those things up. So he's he's not saying that no, you, you you shouldn't exhort some of these things and lead these folks, lead your kids to these things. But you know, w- words like guidance, yes, we we want to be able to guide and protect and instruct and and wisdom and authority, um, even rules and structure that that would would serve. Um, maybe leading your children to a place of uh, repentance, um, understanding and confrontation and, and discipline and, and warnings and love and forgiveness and security. So he, he lays out um, all of these kind of foundational things. And, and although they are good, they are these means to the greater good that points us to yeah. our hope. And, and, you know, yeah, these things are they're really important. And kind of the logical flow of this first part of the chapter is that God provides all of these things for his children and that God calls us to represent him to our children. So therefore, God wants to use us, right, in reliance on him to provide these things for our children, all these things you just mentioned. And to do that, we have to have a measure of control, to exercise loving control. But what he says that's kind of startling is, even if you've done all these things, it's not enough, 
because there's a deeper, more foundational need than all these. So what's that deeper yeah. foundational need? Absolutely. You know, I, I think what, what he, he even says uh, at the bottom of page 169, you know, that, that, um, you know, he, he calls you to understand that all the other good and needed things that you work to provide for your children aren't the goal of your parenting, but a means to a greater end. That's right. And, uh, and that greater end is really trying to, to point them to the need uh, of the Savior, uh, the need that it is impossible for you as a parent, for me as a parent, to rescue and redeem our children, um, but to nurture and control the environment in a sense that points them to the Savior, that gives them clarity of understanding uh, that they're born in, in sin. Uh, I love Charles Spurgeon. I believe he says, you know, our depravity is so great that um, when we're born, if we had the physical strength, we would reach up and grab our mother's neck and demand our milk. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. the, the, the wanting, even when we come into the world, we're screaming. Right? Come in broken. Yeah. Broken. And, uh, and so the, the need, the, the, the greatest need is, is to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be rescued, uh, from ourself, uh, and, and to know Christ and embrace everything that Christ did that we could not do. Amen. And so, uh, Paul Tripp, Charles Spurgeon, this idea is not original to either of them. Uh, it comes from the Bible, obviously. And so where he, he goes to Psalm 51, which is, um, you know, a, a prayer of David after his sin with Bathsheba, after having her husband Uriah the Hittite murdered and the prophet Nathan had come to him. And he writes um, these words. I won't read the whole psalm, but sure. he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness of the bones that you have broken. Rejoice, hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Mm. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Mm-hmm. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Mm. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And mm. he, he goes on, but um, yeah, such a, a sweet passage. So what Paul Tripp does is he says what we see David dealing with in this psalm kind of sets a whole new agenda for us as parents on what God has called us to do in the lives of our children. And it's important to see David does a lot more than say, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry, right? He's looking at more than a behavior problem, more than a specific action. He's looking at something deep in his heart. So Paul Tripp pulls out six agenda-setting observations. So I'm going to read them, and we'll just discuss them up for a minute, chop it up, all right? Let's go. You like that phrase, chop it up, Let's go. Let's go. Number one, your children need to see their sin, so they'll cry out for God's mercy. What's he mean? Yeah, I I think, you know, the the, I've always said this uh, over the years, 
the the depth to which we see our sin affects the height of our worship of the Savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if uh, we don't um, see ourselves as that bad, then he's not that great. Uh, yeah. and, and so, I, and, and, I, and I think that the need that we have to really teach our children that they're, they're not bad kids and we're trying to make them good. They're dead in their sin. And only and, God. And only God. Can make them alive. Uh, but God, who's rich in mercy. Amen. Uh, Ephesians says, can make them alive. So I think that's what he's trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he says it almost the same way, but we uh, we won't cry out for mercy if we don't see our sin. And so as a parent, we have to lovingly, patiently point them to uh, to see what's in their heart so that they'll cry out that's right for mercy that's right thanks again for joining us that was the first half of dave and i's conversation about chapter 12 control and paul tripp's excellent book parenting and we hope to catch you next week for the second half of our discussion through this chapter so may the lord bless you make his face to shine upon you thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel shaped home podcast produced by providence baptist church of raleigh north carolina for more information and resources from providence visit us online at pray.org if you enjoyed today's episode please consider subscribing and leaving a review on apple Podcasts.